Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 488. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we have an interview with a very special guest, and we're going to talk about money and divorce. This is a difficult topic for anyone to talk about, and I really wanted to talk with Shauna about it since she's an expert in this subject and to really just delve into what are the possibilities of getting a good divorce? (laughs) Does that even make sense? Is that possible? Uh, What can you do in terms of finding a lawyer, negotiating techniques, prenup agreements, all kinds of things we talk about. It's a very interesting episode. There's a lot of good information in there. If you are going through a divorce or considering going through a divorce, I think this is a very important one for you to be aware of and for you to listen to. Here we go. I'm so excited to have Shauna Compton-Gain from Millennial Money on the show today. How are you, Shauna? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Well, I know you're a CFP and it would be a, sort of a good topic to talk about women and divorce. We haven't covered that before. And I know that's one of your areas of expertise. So unfortunately, if women are going through a divorce, are there things they can do before they get to the point of divorce that you recommend? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, uh, on the divorce side, I've lived this personally as well as professionally being a CFP, helping a lot of other women through divorce. And, you know, I I think the thing, the first thing that I want to say is I I have a lot of women who always say to me, oh, you know what? It's going to be easy. We're going to agree to everything. We're very, uh, we're friends still. And then once the divorce process starts unveiling itself, you know, the gloves come off, which is what happens most of the time. And things start to get unfriendly. I don't know too many people who have gone through a divorce and at the end can legitimately say, oh, it was all good. It was all friendly. We both got it what we wanted out of the divorce. Uh, So I think one of the most important things that I learned was coming up with a list of what I want. And and this might seem a little crazy or a little uh, selfish, but really thinking, okay, what are the things, speaking of asset-wise and even debt, that I'm willing to take on or that I want? And what are the things where maybe I am willing to walk away from those things in order to help the divorce move forward? And coming up with that list for myself was really, really critical because I kept coming back to the list at different junctures in the divorce, and I could kind of measure against the things I was willing to let go versus the things that I really, you know, those were the things that I wanted to figure out if I could maintain or keep. Um, And so I think that would be the the first piece of advice is just knowing that you're not going to get everything you want. That's part of the divorce process, but uh, being okay with the things that you need to also walk away from. 
So when you say think about what you want, are you saying down to actual things in the house, not just assets, not just the house itself or your investment accounts and financial things, but actual possessions that you're going to be splitting up? Absolutely. You know, the more detailed you can get, the better off you're going to be. Again, this isn't necessarily a list you're going to broadcast or you're going to share with anyone else, but this is just something that for for you, you can kind of come back against because most divorce processes are fairly lengthy. And so really figuring out those things that are super, super important to you and those other things like, you know, when I got divorced, I had this amazing cookbook collection and I love to cook. And I spent years curating this cookbook collection. And unfortunately, my ex-husband knew that I I loved that cookbook collection. And so that cookbook collection ca- kept coming up with, uh, you know, well, she can have her cookbook collection if he gets this. And, you know, sometimes those things that we were negotiating with didn't seem like a fair exchange. Like, for instance, I can have my cookbook collection if he gets to keep all of his retirement. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this doesn't quite add up here mathematically. And so at the end of the day, I said, you know what? I love that cookbook collection, but I can buy new cookbooks. I, I would rather have half the retirement and, and some of the other assets that were more valuable to me. And you know what? You can have my cookbook collection. And it was really interesting once I was willing to let go of some of those things, uh, how the divorce also, you know, it, it moved along uh, swiftly. Um, but also, uh, my ex-husband was a little bit surprised because he thought, you know, these were going to be the the bargaining chips. And internally, I realized, you know, that was something I really, I really love, and I spent time collecting. But it was also something that, at the end of the day, I could buy new stuff. And so, you know, I I started to think about, okay, what are the things that are that are mathematically important to me and what are the things that also are just really important to me but it's okay if i let those go yeah and i think you know who better than our spouse to know our triggers and what is emotionally <laughs> important to us and sometimes that can be used against us but likewise you could also throw some things in to your negotiation that don't mean anything to you that are important to them which i'm not suggesting as a manipulation but just as a negotiating tactic that's uh, you know, called a throwaway, where you put in something that really doesn't mean anything to you, but it does mean something to them. And that helps give you a little bit more power on your side and balance out some of that power. Is that something you tried? Oh my gosh, yes. That is such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because it works both ways. <laughs> um, absolutely. I mean, look, the divorce process is a giant negotiation process. And whether you're doing it or hopefully an attorney is doing it on your behalf, it, it's like a giant game of tennis where you're kind of batting a ball back and forth and no one actually wins this game, unfortunately. But um, some, some usually one person comes out a little bit better than the other person. But particularly for women, because we tend to be a little bit more fearful when it comes to negotiation and we we tend to be the person that's usually more of the caretaker. And, uh, you know, a lot of women can get in the trap where they don't want to negotiate or they don't want to play the same game, if you will, because they're nervous or they're fearful or they're worried about what their ex or future ex-spouse is going to do to them or say to them. But this really is, it's a, it's a giant negotiation. And I think you you have to kind of keep that in mind because at the end of the day, 
that's what it's all about. And in my divorce, I'm very open about this. On my podcast, I talk a lot about this. I mean, I probably have 400 emails over the course of a, a year time span from my ex-spouse just calling me every name in the book and um, being super negative. And I just made up my mind that I was never going to go there and I was never going to do that. But that's unfortunately sometimes part of the process. And uh, you know, you you have to find something deep inside of you where you have a, a strong constitution, if you will. Um, and you know, you're you just kind of keep putting one foot in the front of the other and moving forward. Yeah, for sure. It's it's so difficult and there's so much emotion and it's so heartbreaking. I haven't been through it myself, but my sister has, and I went through that with her. One of the things I notice is that women usually want to keep the house. We're, we're nesters. We love our home. We put a lot of effort into our home and decorating it. And it's something that a lot of women don't want to leave, but yet it's usually the largest asset in the marriage. So what do you recommend for women who want to keep that house, but it's maybe not financially feasible? Because remember, with all that comes the heavy duty expenses, of course, of maintaining all of that and trying to keep all that up. So how do you suggest that women deal with that? That's such a good point. And I really see that happen with a lot of women. And of course, it makes sense because you're absolutely right. We spend a lot of time and effort to make our home feel like a representation of us and uh, a place that we feel comfortable. But the home is absolutely the first place that uh, there can be you know, some, some sticky situations when it comes to divorce because there's a lot of tugging that happens with the house. Uh, me personally, we had owned a home and I actually had moved out of my house and all I had was a suitcase to my name. And I, I rented an apartment. It was the first apartment I'd rented myself and, and since college, really. And it was such a surreal experience. Uh, it was actually kind of fun and freeing for me, but but it's tough to walk away from some place that you have. You've invested so much time and money into it. But you know, I, I would say that you have to really think about the costs and the expenses, like you say, that come along with the house. Is it feasible that you can still live in that house, maintain your, your same uh, lifestyle that you did prior to divorce? Or does it just not make sense mathematically? You know, I'm a big fan of a home is, is wherever you're at. So even if you have to move to another neighborhood or someplace smaller, you can still create that atmosphere in that new environment. And sometimes even going into a new environment is exactly what you need mentally to feel like there's a new sense of yourself, you know, to feel super empowered. Um, but but the house is it's really, it's a tricky place and you have to really understand and know all of the numbers that go into maintaining the house and then realistically figure out either by yourself or with your attorney, if it makes sense even for you to fight for that house. Yeah. Now we're talking predominantly about women, but if we were looking at this from the male perspective and they were the major breadwinner, how do you think that their view figures into this? Are they usually wanting to keep the house? Are they? Do you think, uh, is it easier for them to maybe sell the house and divide it up? 
What do you think their perspective is? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of every different uh, scenario there possible. Uh, if, if the man is the is the um, breadwinner, I see a lot of men actually wanting to just, if there's equity in the house, let's sell the house, split the assets however they decide to split them, and then each go their separate ways. I have seen some situations though where maybe there's kids involved and the husband doesn't want to uproot the kids, um, but it really comes down to what are the assets in play? And if the husband is the breadwinner, what does that spousal support or child support payment look like? Um, that usually is is kind of where that's kind of the 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 place where then the husband is looking at, okay, do I actually want to fight for the house? Is there equity in the house that that he wants to get out of the house? Or is it just easier for him to say, you know what, you stay in the house and I'm going to take XYZ other assets and we'll call it even. So I've seen every different equation when it comes to the house. Yeah, it's a very emotional topic, I'm sure, for people to have to decide whether to stay or split it. So what are the first things that should be done once it's decided that a divorce is imminent? What what are the first steps to take? It depends on what state you live in. There are lots of different rules in every different state. So you want to make sure that you figure out what rules of separation pertain to the particular state that you live in. I live in California, and this is a community property state. And so the first thing that had to happen for me was you have to create a line of separation. And that meant that you weren't living together any longer. And it also meant that you separated some assets. So I got a separate bank account. Um, I, of course, had separate credit cards. But if if that's not something that you have, you want to make sure that you get your own separate credit card. And you want to set yourself up like a separate entity. And that's what the state uses to define the date of separation. And that's sort of then what triggers the divorce timeline from there. So you know whether you have some some money on the side that that you're using then to fund yourself for at least for a month when you you're getting attorneys and you're trying to figure out how the money's going to going to shake out and you also need to make sure you know i find this this happens with a lot of women where they don't know their numbers they don't know the expenses every month they don't know all of the accounts that they have uh, they don't know all the credit cards that exist, but it's really important whether you've been handling the money in your family or not that you know every single expense because you need to know what you're going to be responsible for, what your future ex-spouse is going to be responsible for. So there isn't any crazy gray area because um, the divorce process in a lot of states, California is certainly one of them, it can take a very long time and you still got to pay your bills during that time. But but really the first step is that separation mark and the date of that separation mark. Yeah, that's a really great point. How do you think they go about finding a lawyer? Oh, wow. That is like the million dollar question that <laughs> a lot of friends have asked me. And I wish I had some, you know, amazing advice. Um, you know, I think that if you have friends in your network or family in your network that have unfortunately uh, gotten divorced, I would certainly 
ask them, pick their brains, ask them about their experience. Were they happy with their attorney? Were they not? Uh, A lot of people are going to say they weren't happy with their attorney because divorce is just can be wickedly expensive. Uh, but I would start there with your network of peers that you that you trust and ask them who they would recommend. And then I would interview two to three different attorneys because this is somebody who's going to be involved in really your most intimate part of life. They're going to see all your assets. They're going to see all your debts. They're going to be potentially with you in court. Uh, they're going to be with you in this really emotional time. And so you want to find an attorney that you feel like you can connect with, someone that isn't going to make you just feel like a number or paycheck. And um, you know, I wouldn't be shy about saying to an attorney, look, I'm interviewing attorneys. I'm trying to find an attorney that that fits for me. You don't just have to pick the first one. You know, there are lots of options out there. So find someone that that feels good to you and also be be really transparent about your budget. Um, I have I've given that tip to a few friends who have gotten divorced. I said, you know, tell the attorney, look, this is how much money I've got to spend on a divorce. And if you're not the right fit. Is there somebody else maybe you could refer me to? Um, and, and just don't be afraid to ask questions. That is really valuable advice. I, I like the idea of interviewing attorneys because I've heard often there are horror stories about people not really connecting with their attorneys, like you're saying, and they're not really seeing eye to eye. They don't feel comfortable with them. There's that level of trust that has to be there with your attorney. So I think you make some really, really good points there. Is it advisable to try to come to some agreement on your own before you meet with an attorney? Or do you said that at the beginning that that's very difficult to do, but is it possible? And is it even worth trying to do some of that on your own before you meet with an attorney? That's such a good question. I'm about 50-50 on that one. My my personal advice is no, not trying to come to an agreement on your own without an attorney, strictly because so much of divorce is a financial transaction. And it's very easy, depending on what side you're on, to not be able to properly value your assets and properly value your debts and figure out what is the right action plan, how it may be best to split assets, mutually beneficial, simply because divorce is so emotional and our emotions get in the way. And we tend, especially as women, we tend to just want to get it over with And so we're willing to walk away from a lot of things where at the end of the day, it might not be financially beneficial to us. So I'm a fan of having an attorney, having somebody that is your voice, and having them help you figure out your assets and your debts. Or I've also recommended this to several friends, you know, hire a a certified financial planner for an hour or two of their time and have them help you value your assets and the debts and help them have them help you figure out a plan of the things that might be most beneficial kind of like an abc list and then when you go to your attorney you've got some idea of of where you're at financially but trying to 
work this out with a future ex-spouse, you got to remember they're looking out for their best interests and you're looking out for yours. And then when you load in the emotional component that exists in divorce, it's really hard to, to kind of see through the woods without somebody there representing and helping you figure out how to navigate that all. Boy, that's great advice. I really like that idea. I think they could really help, you know, get them square before you meet with the attorney, like you said, to have all your numbers ready, your bills, your expenses, to be really on top of that. And that will save a lot of attorney fees, which can be several hundred dollars an hour. (laughs) So that can actually probably be a pretty good investment. I know that it can take a long time to get divorced and each divorce is different, but what is an expectation of how long the divorce process will take? Is this one year, two years? What are you saying as an average? Again, it, it's going to depend on what state you're in. Um, I had a friend who recently got divorced in Tennessee and her divorce was over in 90 days, but it was a very uh, tough divorce. I've had friends in California who've gotten divorced and it's taken them a couple of years. So the more complications that are that are added in, for instance, if you have kids, if you have multiple houses, uh, if you have inheritance money, if you have trusts, if you have all of these different complicating factors, it can certainly take a long time for the divorce process because you're literally going through every piece, uh, every asset that you have trying to negotiate who gets what, how much of what. Uh, certainly if if it goes to court, you know, you could be waiting on court time, uh, which could take a, a really long time. If you're using a mediator, certainly your divorce might be able to be sped up some. But gosh, on average, I would say probably three months to a year is the average length for the divorce process. But then I've seen every variable around that. Definitely. And as you said, the larger the net worth, the longer it's going to go on. (laughs) It just seems like that goes with it. And the attorneys know that there are uh, solid assets there that are going to keep getting them paid. So they don't have uh, often an incentive to maybe shut it down really quickly, although that might be unfair for me to say. No, that I think that's a a very fair uh, criticism, you know, and you have to be your own advocate. You have to, uh, you know, if you're paying the bill, you have to also advocate with your attorney. And, and, you know, I bugged my attorney many times. What can we do to push this forward? What are we missing? What should we be doing? How can we be proactive? He probably was very happy to get rid of me at the end of the divorce. But, you know, it's, unfortunately, time is money with divorce. And, and so, yeah, you have to be your own advocate. Absolutely. And sometimes women want to be liked too much. So they don't want to be tough with their attorney. And I think uh, what you're saying is, you know, be, be strong and stand your ground. And really, like you said, advocate for yourself is really great advice. Yes, absolutely. And find a group of friends who have been through divorce themselves. Um, I found this really beneficial to have a couple of friends that I could call when the emotions got high or when I got angry or frustrated and they would just say to me, you know what? It's okay. You're, you're going to get through it. Uh, one of my very good friends who'd been through divorce told me right before I started the process, the only way through it is through it. And I kept remembering that, like what simple advice, but it's so true. You have to 
keep going and you know as as hard as it may be but surrounding yourself with people who really understand they might not understand uh, you know the particulars of your divorce, but they certainly understand the emotions and just the heightened feeling that life is changing, things are shifting, and you're not going to be the same person at the end that you were before. And you know, having that group of friends that you could go have a cocktail with or just chat on the phone was worth to me at that time, like you know, a million dollars in my account. <laughs> Definitely, that support group is so important. So Shauna, with all of this, are you a fan of prenuptial agreements? It's funny because I, I've since got remarried. I've been remarried for five years. And a lot of people have asked me that question. What about a prenup? Unfortunately, in my divorce, I was the, the breadwinner in the situation and I had to walk away from almost all of my assets. So there wasn't a lot there left for me to uh, <laughs> to protect. But you know, a prenup, I think if if you're the couple who are looking at a prenup and both parties feel confident that having a prenup makes you feel more secure in a marriage, then I say go for it. But this is really an individual couple decision. For me, I understand the power of prenups, certainly as a certified financial planner. Personally, I'm not a fan of them. To me, it, it feels like you're putting the cart before the horse, but I certainly understand that in a lot of situations, a prenup has been a very valuable asset that couples have had when they are going through divorce because they were able to look at the prenup and the prenup dictated a lot of who gets what. Um, There's still going to be complications in divorce. It's still going to be expensive. A prenup doesn't protect you from everything. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to you as a couple and whether that is something that you feel is is necessary and is going to make you feel comfortable going into the marriage. Mm-hmm. And would you feel differently if one person had a lot more assets than the other person? Potentially. Again, this just kind of depends on the, on the couple and how they feel going into the relationship. I'm a huge fan of a partnership, that a marriage is a partnership and it should be that way in the good and the and in the bad. So that's my own personal opinion. But a lot of couples feel very differently. If a party comes in with a large amount of assets, they want to protect those assets. And as long as the the other person is okay and on board with that, then you know, you 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 gotta do what you gotta do. And if that's what's gonna make you feel cozy, then then I say go for it. Well, Shauna, this has been very enlightening. I think for anyone who is thinking about divorce, is curious about it, doesn't know a lot, or hasn't really thought it all the way through, we've given them some things to think about. Tell our audience how you can get more, or how they can get more from you, rather, and how they can contact you. Fantastic. This was this was so much fun. Uh, talking about divorce, uh, it's hard to put the word fun next to it, but I, I love helping women um, get some insight into this and maybe not feel so scared. Um, I host a podcast called Millennial Money. It's not just for millennials. Uh, we talk all different uh, lifestyle and money uh, topics. So you can find me on iTunes, literally any other podcast player. And I would love to connect with you and love to have you as a listener. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. 
Check out our website, blog and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com. Shauna did a great job giving a lot of valuable information about divorce. I hope you never have to use it, but in case you do, I think it was a very, very insightful interview. If we haven't yet connected on, let's see. If we haven't yet connected on Instagram, Get your daily money tips at instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. And don't forget, we still have the holiday sizzle contest running through January 1st with 25 possible with 25 possible prizes. 11 Wealthy Mindset Blueprint Audios valued at $197 each. 11 of my Wealth Heiress books, a book plus me personalizing it for you however you'd like. And three winners will receive a one-half-hour wealth mentoring session with me, valued at $500. No, I don't think I want to put that on hers because, yeah, no. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.